0: Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, this is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third-year medical student. Welcome to Endopod's revision series. Each episode will cover revision material for those preparing for exams, or even just for those who are interested in learning the basics of endocrinology. This episode will be focused on hyperaldosteronism. Firstly we'll look at aldosterone's role in the body, then have a look at the pathophysiology, the cause, signs and symptoms, investigations and treatment options for hyperaldosteronism. Aldosterone is a mineralocorticoid hormone secreted by the outermost layer of the adrenal cortex, the zona glomerulosa. Its primary role is to act on the distal tubule of the kidney in events of hypotension. It raises the body's blood pressure by stimulating transcription of sodium potassium ATPase pump and the epithelial sodium channel. The main goal of this process is to increase the sodium that is reabsorbed and since water follows the concentration of sodium, increase the water absorbed. This water that is reabsorbed will then increase the overall plasma volume of the body and increase the blood pressure back to normal levels. In normality, this is mainly regulated by the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, or RAS for short. Renin is a hormone released by granular cells of the renal juxtaglomerular apparatus. Its release is stimulated by three stimuli. Reduced sodium delivery to the macula densa cells in the distal convoluted tubule of the kidneys, reduced perfusion pressure in the afferent arterial of kidneys, or sympathetic stimulation via beta-1 adrenal receptors. Renin will cleave angiotensinogen to produce angiotensin 1, which will then be converted to angiotensin 2 by angiotensin-converting enzyme, also known as ACE. Angiotensin 2 has many effects throughout the body, but it is relevant in the fact that it stimulates aldosterone production. Although RAS is one of the main regulators of aldosterone release, other factors that increase aldosterone release are an increase in plasma potassium concentration, a decrease in plasma pH, or a decreased blood pressure de- detected by atrial stretch receptors. Jerome Kahn first characterized primary aldosteronism as a combination of hypertension, suppressed renin and increased aldosterone secretion, which is why it is often called Kahn syndrome. Primary refers to the fact that the defect is within the adrenal gland. The most common subtypes are bilateral adrenal hyperplasia and aldosterone-producing adenoma. The rarer causes of Kahn syndrome include familial hyperaldosteronism and adrenal carcinoma. It is important to note that 80% of all cases of hyperaldosteronism are due to adrenal adenomas. Secondary hyperaldosteronism is when there is too much renin being produced which stimulates aldosterone secretion from the adrenal glands. As renin release is propagated by low blood pressure within the kidneys, the usual cause of secondary hyperaldosteronism is when the blood pressure in the kidneys is lower than that of the rest of the body. Causes include renal artery stenosis, renal artery obstruction and heart failure. Let's have a look at how hyperaldosteronism presents. Hypertension is a common presentation and primary hyperaldosteronism is the most common cause of identifiable secondary hypertension. Hypokalemia is another feature which in turn causes alkalosis, nocturia, polyuria, palpitations and muscle cramps. Another feature is a positive trosteic sign. This includes tapping of the facial nerve 2cm anterior to the external auditory matus. A positive sign is when there is ipsilateral contraction of the muscles innervated by the facial nerve. A positive trousseau sign can also be found. A sphygmomanometer is used over the brachial artery and a positive sign is involuntary contraction of the wrist and hand muscles. So, how can hyperaldosteronism be diagnosed? Plasma aldosterone and plasma renin levels should be measured. From this, a renin to aldosterone ratio can be created. High aldosterone levels with low renin levels show that negative feedback is successfully lowering the renin levels, indicating primary hyperaldosteronism. High aldosterone levels with high renin levels show that negative feedback is not lowering renin levels, meaning that the defect is with renin production, indicating secondary hyperaldosteronism. A CT or MRI should be performed to look for tumours of the adrenal gland. A CT angiogram, renal doppler ultrasound or an MR angiography scan can be used to look for causes of secondary disease, such as renal artery stenosis or obstruction. Blood pressure should be monitored for hypertension. Serum electrolytes can indicate hypokalemia. An arterial blood gas analysis should be performed for alkalosis. hyperaldosteronism the definitive treatment is adrenalectomy however before surgery is conducted aldosterone antagonists such as bernolactone are used for secondary hyperaldosteronism treatment is revolved around the underlying cause for instance if the underlying cause is renal artery stenosis then a percutaneous renal artery angioplasty can be used to treat it this concludes today's episode on hyperaldosteronism. We have covered the role of aldosterone, the pathophysiology of hyperaldosteronism, the signs and symptoms, the investigations, and the treatment. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode and thank you for listening in. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues, and of course I always welcome any feedback. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Sitska Visser, one of our revision workshop facilitators who contributed to the making of this episode. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier signing off.